Hello and welcome to Meet Our Makers, an artist interview podcast produced in association with Beats Per Minute. I'm your host, Jeremy J. Fissett. On this episode, we get to meet Peter Silberman. Peter is best known as the frontman and lead singer and songwriter of indie rock band The Antlers. In this chat, Peter and I discuss The Antlers' discography, including their landmark album, Hospice, which served as a breakthrough for the band, as well as one of the modern touchstones of the story concept album. We also discuss their most recent album, Green to Gold, which comes after a seven-year hiatus from the band. Peter and I discuss some of what prompted that hiatus, as well as what good came of the time away. We discuss the surgery that left him unable to sing or even really hear very well, as well as his move to upstate New York, which prompted a newfound appreciation for the power of quietude. So thank you for listening, and please enjoy. This is me meeting Peter Silberman. I'm, I'm kind of savoring that right now, and um, <clears throat> I anticipate I'll start doing some more uh, interviews and, and things of that nature as mm-hmm. as we get closer to the album coming out. But this is actually my uh, my first interview on this record. Oh, cool. So, well, thank you for joining exciting. me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I was excited to, to talk to you because it has been um, you know a little while since we've heard from you um, and since we've heard from the Antlers. So it, it's a, it's been a, an exciting little piece of news that you guys have an album coming out. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad people are. <laughs> I'm glad you're excited. Glad people are excited. You never really know uh, when you come out of hiding after a few years <laughs> uh, if if anyone's still there. But it's it's very reassuring. Yeah, that was actually, I was going to ask you that, like, was that a fear of yours that you guys would kind of come back after it's been what it's been about seven years, right? Since familiars, I was wondering if you'd be nervous that like you'd come back and everyone would would just be gone. I feel like that'd be something I'd be scared of. I mean, I think that's, that's a realistic possibility that you (laughs) have to uh, cope with throughout an artistic career, especially one that goes on for, for many years. Um, I think I recognized that possibility, but I think at its at its core, this this album and and kind of the return of the project, um, you you know, didn't have to happen. And I think I came I came back into the process of making another Antlers album uh, because I wanted to. So I tried mm. not to load too many expectations on it as far as. Um, you know, whether the audience would still be interested, um, whether people would like it. It was really just about uh, making it for the sake of making it. Yeah. I mean, is it, was it um, strange kind of to get back into the antlers fold after the the years away? A little bit. Um, You know, in, in the years since Familiars, I, I worked on a solo record and and I released Mm -hmm. that and I toured on it a bit. And so in that way, I was still active and I was still uh, writing songs and I was still performing them. I was still recording um, to call it the antlers again and uh, and everything that goes along with that, um, you know, felt felt important to me 
personally. Um, and I think I'm generally more more comfortable performing and, and recording and writing under that name than, than you know, my given name. Um, there's, there's something about that entity that um, for me allows there to be a little bit of, um, a little bit of space between me, the person and me, the creator. So is Ant, do you consider Antlers a band though? Yeah, it's a band, but it's a shape-shifting band. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, these days, I, I would probably classify it more as a, a musical project, you know, mm -hmm. um, especially in this, in this uh, strange time we're living in where um, the notion of a band doesn't really seem to jibe with uh, <laughs> what, you know, reality, at least for a little while, you know, the idea mm -hmm. of a a group of people getting together and playing music is not so in line with what is, you know, safe <laughs> at the <True>. time right now. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Did did you guys record you it's a it's basically a duo on this album. Did you guys record remotely? No, we actually recorded the record uh right before mm -hmm. the pandemic hit the United States. So we we were recording it over the last few years and we finished we finished all of our tracking around February of 2019. So we, um, you know, Michael and I live in different places. I, I'm living in upstate New York and he's living in Brooklyn and, and he would come up to visit me and, and stay with me for several days and we would work on music together. And then when he would leave, I would continue to work on it myself. Mm, so it was, you really like just made it. <laughs> Like under yeah. the wire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think a lot of things happen just under the wire. I know. Isn't um, that strange how that ends up happening? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, after the fact, everyone is working on adjusting to to a new reality yeah. that we've, we're now what, eight or nine months into. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. And it's ongoing and <laughs> for who knows yep. how long. <laughs> I know it's a weird, it must be kind of a weird time though. Is it, does it feel like a weird time to release an album? Like just in general, plus you have the added sort of weight almost of the, the years since familiars. Um, you know, as, as to the weight, it does feel like so long ago to me that I'm not, I don't find myself trying to recapture whatever was going on then and beforehand with the, you know, burst apart in hospice and those times that, that feels to me like it was very much a part of that era of the project. And this is, this is a new era for us, I think. Um, yeah. And, and I think we, we went further than we ever expected to during those times. So at this point, um, I think we're just happy to be making music again. <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, you're sharing it, which is, always nice especially when when there is that sort of audience that you find is still there kind of excited that you're back i mean that that really is you know gives puts so much energy into it and and is such a just such a lovely thing uh, i feel so grateful that our audience has stuck with us and and that like a kind of new generation of of fans <laughs> has come about too like when we did the hospice tour a couple of years ago that was a really amazing thing was to to meet people who had only recently discovered that album yeah and were you know they were maybe you know teenagers um 
and so when the album first came out you know they were very very young (laughs) and and just weren't weren't um, aware of it yeah Um, so it's it's cool to be entering this this phase of a career and as, as far as putting out an album in this particularly weird time in the world um i guess it's a little strange but um but so far i'm kind of enjoying it you know i think i look forward to when we get to tour someday mm-hmm. um but in the meantime it's it's you know I, i'm grateful that i can keep writing and keep recording and that there's so much of this process that is possible to do remotely i know this if this happened you know 10 or 15 years ago it would it'd be remarkably different for what's cap- <laughs> what we're capable of it's true like i was talking with i can't remember who but someone for this for this show and 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 she was saying how you know we do live in a time where for better or worse you know if you have an idea for a song you can kind of just do it now and send it to your friend who's going to add all you know xyz to it and they send it back and it's just kind of nice whereas yeah 15 years ago i mean if we had a pandemic for a year and a half it would derail it so much more it's true and i think the the barriers to entry are are so much lower now which is just an amazing thing for for creative people um Mm -hmm. you know you don't you don't need a lot of money to make something that sounds good and you don't you don't really need you know much of anything to put it out there into the world and and to to make it available for people to hear that's that was starting you know 10 years ago 15 years Mm -hmm. ago but the technology is is much much further along now well also we have a band camp (laughs) we have band camp it's true which is uh pretty much like it feels kind of like the professional version of soundcloud now (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like you can just kind of like I, I, I make, I'm a musician as well. So I, I feel like I know that vibe very well of like, I'm going to make something and at my own schedule and just upload it whenever I want. Like it's, it is sort of, like you say, kind of open now, which is, it, it's sort of nice. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful thing when you recognize that these, like these traditional schedules of releasing music don't really have to be in place for any reason. You can, you can make something and release it on the same day if if that's your yeah. preferred way to work. That's incredible. Yeah. So there was quite a break since Familiars. Um, you did put this solo album out, but I I, I also read um, I had already read that you did move to upstate New York. Was that part of what kind of caused the sort of step away? Like, was that what it was? Kind of like a step back? Um, I think. I think that the move definitely shifted a lot of things in my life um, mm. at a time where I I needed a change. I wanted a change. I, I, I wanted a, a change of scenery. Um, and, and I guess like a new adventure mm. to some extent. I, I had been living in in Brooklyn and, and the city for about 10 years at that point. And um, some circumstances aligned that gave me an opportunity to to leave. And it was a little bit before I expected to and a little bit before I was ready to, but it was just kind of a leap that at the time my intuition was telling me I needed to take. Mm-hmm. And 
that that shifted a lot of things. Part of that was that I did want to make this solo record, and uh, a good friend of mine had moved up, uh, like up north, around that time, and he and I were planning to work on it together. And originally, you know, we were kind of coming up with some plan where I would I would come up to stay with him for a little while while working on it and then come back down to Brooklyn. Um, and ultimately I just decided that it made more sense for me to just um, to to make that move myself and be close to where I'm making this thing. And I, I think I was just feeling a pull toward nature, which I've has, has always been there in my in my life, but not one that I had I had really like listened to so uh, mm-hmm. so completely. And yeah, that that process led to me putting down the Antlers project for a little while and trying something new. And and that, that was just a, a kind of a experiment that felt really necessary at the time. Do you think it's mo- it's been a, a beneficial thing for you to, to relocate? Oh, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the easiest transition. And I think there were, you know, I, I made sacrifices along the way that um, that took some time to get used to, but I, I certainly am glad that I did it. And I think it's had just a huge, a hugely beneficial effect on, on my well being and my, mm-hmm. my happiness and my health and, and yeah, everything about my life. Um, which isn't to say that I, I didn't love my time in Brooklyn too, because I really did. But um, where I am now works for me now. Yeah. And I feel like, am I right in remembering that I read that this this new album, uh, Green to Gold, you, you see sort of as like the happiest Antlers record? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was sort of my premise going into it, mm-hmm. was, I was I was just curious what a happy Antlers album would sound like and I I don't even know if like like happy was was even the operative word there at the time I think it was it was like a a contented antlers Mm -hmm. album or 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 a kind of easy and breezy (laughs) antlers album well Um, it's true I mean if if you listen to hospice or burst apart or even familiars there's sort of a like a fraught energy to them um, you know, they're very, especially hospice, you know, is, is quite sad and there's kind of a downcast sort of, you know, lens that I, that I see those through. Whereas this new one does sound like you say, kind of easy breezy, like it's sort of, it's a lot lighter. There's a lot of air in it. And it, it does seem like that must, must coincide with this sort of relocation and this sort of like looking for some sort of inner peace of some sort. Yeah, I think the the search for inner peace is ongoing, but um, <laughs> and and, li- and my life is certainly not without conflict, um, mm-hmm. you know. But I I think generally and on a day to day basis, my life is uh, my life is more aligned with who I uh, who I truly am if that makes sense, you know, that mm-hmm. I don't think there is this contrast between my surroundings and, and who I, I feel like I'm, I ought to be as a person. I think the way that I'm spending a lot of my time feels very fulfilling. And, and I, you know, I'm working 
very hard, but kind of joyously too. I think mm-hmm. that um, I think being up here and cutting out some so, some of the noise in my life really has helped me focus and do better work and get to the heart of why I'm doing the work in the first place. Yeah. It's also probably incidentally, uh, I would think a better place to be quarantined. <laughs> well, um, in some ways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think in some ways it is, and it's, it's, that's, you know, why you, why there's been such a, a boom of people moving up here recently. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think there wasn't, for me, a huge change in in my everyday life. Uh, but you know, part of that is because I live in a place where uh, th- that's just more sparsely populated than a city or even like a a, a densely populated suburb. Um, it's really uh, you know spacious up here, and coupled with the fact that I am I'm just like more of a homebody by nature. Mm-hmm. And that I already work from home. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh, a a change in in lifestyle that I, I think I had had a few years of practice for <laughs> before before I, I became like there mandatory. Are some people, I know there are some people who just were like, "Yeah, what's what's different?" <laughs> well, and I think if you're okay. if you're an introvert too, there is yeah. there's a a certain um, there's something that it doesn't feel as unnatural about um, about, about the, the way that, that we are uh, needing to live right now. Yeah. So you mentioned that, um, and I mentioned that Green to Gold is a bit of a lighter record. Um, while listening to it, I felt like I was picking up on a lot of themes of sort of like I said, peace, but also kind of order and finding order and uh, respect of the natural world. Um, what were some of the sort of driving themes of of the writing or even the aesthetic of this album? Well, the natural world is a really great place to start. Um, I think I think the idea behind this record from from its inception until its completion was really about trying to um, trying to trace a comparison between the the rhythms of the natural world to uh, the you know the the rhythms of change in a in a life and you know in my case in a you know adult life so to speak um, and I think that was the a, a central theme I had going into this album before I even had a sense of what it was going to be about on a more, uh, you know, real life kind of level. Um, I think I just had a sense that this was something that resonated with me and something that I thought about a lot and being closer to nature had me observing it more, thinking about it more. Um, I think there's a thing about, you know, being, being in a more like nature centric place where you see the seasons between the seasons and it's, Mm. and you know, it's not just the, it's not just summer, uh, fall, winter, and spring. It's it's these kinds of the differences between early spring and late spring, and early winter and midwinter and late winter, and um, the in the summer 
the leaves are different shades of green throughout. Um, and you're constantly watching this cycle of, of growth and death and um, things that return on an annual basis, but maybe seem slightly different the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of where I started from. And, and that was what I wanted to explore. And I, I sort of, I thought, okay, whatever is going to happen over the course of me writing this album, I'm going to see if it, if it tracks with that. I'm going to see if, if this kind of hypothesis about, about a change in perspective and uh, the changes that happen as you, as you grow up and as you grow older, if they, they mirror what's going on in nature. Hmm. I do feel like that's reflected in the sound. I mean, when you, especially if you compare it even to the last Antlers record or your solo record, um, there it, it feels more kind of naturalistic, and it feels more of the earth almost in a weird way. Mm-hmm. There is like an airy quality to it. Um, you know, even your singing throughout is very sort of light and just kind of going with the flow of the song that it's in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not. I, I guess I'm not surprised to hear you say that because I feel like that is evident within the music itself. Yeah, I think I think there was there was kind of a um, what's the word I'm looking for? I think there was an intention musically with the record of finding um, not exactly the path of least resistance, but finding easy ideas, finding mm-hmm. melodies that felt effortless, finding um, finding uh, chord progressions that felt natural, um, that, that felt um, familiar, and not second-guessing that too much. Not yeah, saying, like oh... find something you're not fighting. Exactly. Um, yeah. And... And that went for my vocal delivery too. You know, if I found that I was straining or stretching my voice, that I was, um, that just didn't seem to fit with the style of this this album and the kind of the kind of ethos of it. Um, it was about finding these natural paths throughout it. Yeah, because when you, I mean, you're known as a vocalist too. I mean, it's not like the way you sing on this record is new, but you all you are also known as someone who can be pretty dramatic. I mean, you think of songs like Sylvia or um, Every Night My Teeth Are Falling Out and you can reach these really like kind of dramatic high notes. And those are pretty much gone here. You know, it is kind of, <laughs> you know, yeah. and not in, a, not in a bad way, but it is so dialed back from what maybe we, we uh, used to hear from you. And I think that mirrors what you're saying your intent was quite, quite nicely. Yeah, I think, I think those kinds of... Uh, I don't know if you call them kind of frantic moments or, or <laughs> um, histrionic kind of mm. moments that, that's not that's not present in this album. And yeah. I think that is partly due to the fact that that's not really in like a type of energy that is that appears in my life that much anymore. Yeah. Something I'm grateful for. And it's um you know, I think it just speaks to where I'm at um, emotionally these days, where I'm at psychologically. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
and then the kind of people that are are that I'm close with. Um, but you know, I, I also at at some point during this uh, kind of kind of on the earlier side of working on this record was uh, re you know retraining my voice after uh, after having a uh, like a lesion re- removed from my vocal cord. Mm. And so when I came back into singing, I was really intent on not pushing it too hard, but finding what my comfortable range was and and just accepting that this album was not going to was not going to be uh, you know, risking further damage to my to my vocal cords um, that I, yeah. I needed to think in the long term here. <laughs> So is it is it now harder for you to kind of sing older material, or have you just kind of had to adjust how you perform it? Um, it's mostly a matter of adjusting it. Mm-hmm. Like um, I had that surgery done about a year before we went on the hospice anniversary tour, and those songs oh, wow. are are definitely I I can't really sing them the way that I first <laughs> recorded them, and I haven't. I haven't even tried to in kind of a long time Um, because once we started touring so much, I just found that it wasn't sustainable to kind of, to, to let loose like that every single night. Um, But that was also an acoustic tour. The anniversary tour was, and we went into it rearranging all the songs to begin with. Um, And me knowing that I needed to take care of my voice and preserve it and and treat it kindly so Mm. you know my my hope is that the uh the emotion behind those songs and the purpose of them isn't uh you know that it remains intact even if i'm not wailing them if i'm you know (laughs) if that that they can adapt to to different kind of delivery is it tricky emotionally to go back over older songs? Like, are you someone who has kind of trouble revisiting them? Um, you know, it's harder. It's harder to revisit a song when you don't, uh, when you aren't presently feeling anything about them. Mm. And that's sort of a that's like a matter of phases, I think. Um, you know, I think that's harder than a song that reminds you that for me, that's harder than a song that reminds me of a difficult time. Um, yeah. Because that is at least something to grab onto emotionally and, and spiritually. And it may be like kind of challenging on that level, but there's something very, um, uh, very satisfying about that. But when, you know, there's a song that you know that you wrote at a very difficult time and you go to uh, perform it and you it it doesn't feel like anything to you i find that to be harder hmm. so you go through phases with different songs yeah yeah and yeah. i think sometimes that just has to do with uh how much you've performed them yeah oh i'm sure yeah um yeah i was going to ask specifically about the hospice tour because that's sort of um i know you guys or at least you i'm not actually 100 percent sure um had a couple albums before hospice um uprooted and um the other one that i can't remember the name of the uh, that'd be uh, in the attic of the universe in the attic yeah. yes 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 yeah um so you had a couple before hospice but 
hospice was kind of the one that, um, at least that's when I learned about you. I mean, I was, when was that? Oh, nine. I think I, that would mean I was like 17 when hospice mm -hmm. came out. And I, that was when I first heard of you. And I imagine that's when a lot of people first heard of you guys. Um, so in some ways, you know, as a fan, I would call it sort of a breakthrough album for you guys. Um, certainly compared to compared to what came before it yeah there's no <laughs> no contest yeah like a major shift in invisibility and probably even the scale of your touring and things like that um and it is kind of one of those modern touchstones for the concept album mm -hmm. um which i don't know if that's something that like is that something you re you ever regret that you made an album that's so conceptual because i feel like it's one of those albums that just gets endlessly sort of like you know, analyzed and you probably get a lot of questions about what this means and what that means. Um, I don't regret it. I think um, that was the way that story needed to be told. And mm -hmm. I think that's part of what makes it, what made it so effective um, was the, the form that it was told in. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think that the ability to you know, analyze it, whether it's someone else analyzing it or me kind of talking about <laughs> analyzing it, um, I think is something that gives it, uh, you know, has allowed it to have a longer lifespan um, because there is this kind of uh, complexity to it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if there's anything, if there's anything challenging about it, it's, fitting those songs into a set list let's say yeah, i would imagine i would imagine yeah because it's funny i was talking to to a friend of mine who they have a, a musical project that's very like kind of high concept and um and each album is really its its own world and its own story and it's its own mythology and we were just talking about how there's couldn't really think of other art forms where a new performance by the by the performer or the creator is like a clip show of everything that came before it you know <laughs> it's like when you go to see um you know a new play you're not seeing like high they're not performing highlights from all this playwrights yeah. uh most popular works and for whatever reason in a lot of cases with music that makes sense because most albums are not concept albums but mm -hmm. Um, it does become harder to integrate it with other songs because you're you're sort of cherry picking pieces of a story without context. Yeah, it's like deciding which segments of this, you know, 50 minute story are able to exist on their own without the context and, and kind of wondering if that robs anything from them. It's well, it's hard to say because I mean, for me, I know the story. So it's like I know mm -hmm. what's implied even if I'm not performing all those songs, you know, if I'm playing for, yeah. if we're performing a, um, a song from the middle of hospice, I know so well what comes before and after it. Um, but trying to put myself in the perspective of somebody who doesn't know it that well, wondering if it can stand, you know, wondering if one of those songs can make sense out of context. And um, <laughs> I'm never really sure about that. <laughs> how can you be? I mean, how yeah. can you be so sure? Yeah. What was it like to revisit them after 10 years? I mean, I know you hadn't completely abandoned them, but what was it like to kind of revisit the whole album after 10 years? Um, well, just like kind of on the subject we were just talking about, there was something 
really nice about just playing it start to finish mm. and be and telling that story from beginning to end as opposed to telling it piecemeal um but you know because i think it it has it has a, a greater power that way um it's you know when it's when it's complete rather than being broke up um yeah but it was really such a positive experience um you know in some sense we were kind of checking in to see if if our audience was still with us <laughs> and you know that you know the response was a resounding yes um but it was good to get back out on the road and to do it with a really simple stage show as well and i um you know we were our show was was an acoustic guitar an electric guitar and a snare drum um <laughs> which was just was just a really um in some ways uh i don't know it was so streamlined that was really sounds refreshing like a, sounds like a low concert <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and i mean certainly certainly that was like one of the inspirations there um and there will always be an inspiration um but so on that on that level it was it was really like refreshing to travel light um and to create what we felt like was a a very full show with very few elements yeah yeah because i I have seen you guys. I think I saw you on the the Burst Apart tour, and it was you know it was very loud. It was very in your face, and there were I think probably four or five of you. And mm -hmm. to then to then transition to what from Burst Apart would probably be seven or eight years later into like an acoustic set. It must be sort of nice to revisit them almost from a new angle. Yeah, it is, and it and I think it speaks to what we were talking about earlier about this being a shape shifting project. And mm. for me, that means like the the show needs to change too, and that there there will be some constants there um but that there needs to be flexibility for it to change uh to change form and to change sound um i just i think that's important for for longevity and for 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 us to stay like interested in it too is to be able to reinvent it yeah, even for you guys, I'm sure you don't want to make the same thing over and over. I mean, I feel like that would get very much so less fulfilling every time. I think it's it has diminishing returns and mm -hmm. your tastes change as you get older, too. Um, I, I don't really seek out face melting music as much as I used to. <laughs> I still think it's amazing. I just don't seek it out. Um, You're not playing and... that Lightning Bolt album every morning. <laughs> I didn't say that. No, I, I yeah, I haven't, I haven't listened to Light and Bolt in kind of a while. Um, but probably not because you dislike that kind of music, like you're saying. It's just like where you are. Yeah, it's where it's where I am. You know, in my like just location, and it's where I'm at. Uh, where I'm at mentally these days mm -hmm. is a lot of the time I am looking for music that is going to um, set the mood for my day, help me be. Yeah productive or put me at ease or just create a nice vibe in the house um yeah which which i know is like a slippery slope towards listening to wallpaper music all the time but <laughs> yeah but that's like that's some of that's really pretty <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and i think i you know i want i want reliable music at this point you know i don't <laughs> i don't want something jarring um yeah 
that's just me you know that's just that's just where I'm at and it's not like I think all music should be that way I think that's just what I'm gravitating towards these days and I think there can still be a, a lot of depth in music that doesn't um scare you <laughs> oh for sure I mean I some of my favorite music is you know like pin drop quiet like just really subtle because sometimes mm -hmm. that's just that's just what you need and I think there is there can be a lot of power I mean I'm thinking specifically of people like like grouper for example yeah you know just really calm but not simple and still contains a lot of power definitely and and yeah. in, you know in the case of grouper so much darkness too something True. can be so like beautiful and so um kind of uh, have you know be so haunted as well yeah yeah because there's there's something very haunted. that's a good word for groupers music <laughs> haunted kind of crushing in a way even mm -hmm. though it's so soft sometimes um i don't particularly think green to gold is crushing at least there there is that <laughs> um it is kind of a light record um you know I, I i've only had it it's not even out yet but i've only had it in my possession for like two days mm -hmm. um but you know it does seem a lot lighter than maybe the music that you guys used to make as the antlers so i guess that is very reflective of kind of where like you said where you're at in life yeah um have you missed playing live like especially over the past year that you haven't been able you literally haven't been able to um well i think just given where um you know how the timing has worked out with this album i don't think i would have been playing shows during this time anyway yeah um, so i don't i don't know i think that um having spent so much time on the road and having played so many shows that when i'm not touring um i'm just kind of savoring it and i know that i will end up back out there sooner or later and there won't be any shortage shortage of shows so i don't find myself uh craving it in that way it's like i i know it's gonna come and i know that there will be more than enough of it um <laughs> so i i kind of just appreciate the time off from that yeah though you are i would imagine looking forward to at least touring these new songs and seeing how they kind of live and breathe out in the world yeah i mean i think it's um i think there's something there there is some aspect of um when i'm not on tour the idea of a show seems sort of mystifying to me <laughs> and and sort of overwhelming too um because in my day-to-day -day life there aren't you know like 500 people staring at me um yeah. thank god thank god <laughs> yeah um so the idea of doing that feels very like incongruous to what my day-to-day -day is like at home um but i know that something happens once we actually get on tour and once we once we actually play a show that it actually feels very natural and a lot of uh, old muscle memory kicks in and mm -hmm. we you know we recognize that this is something we love to do and it, and it hits this spot that really nothing else can yeah do you have any ideas for what the tour will will look like will it be more acoustics acoustic minded honestly not sure yet um mm. i think michael and i are working on um we're kind of like uh devising our our plan a little bit um mm. But I, I, you know, we've we're gonna 
we're going to get a couple musicians together to to round it out because we can't uh we haven't yet figured out a way to to perform as just the two of us and i don't think we want to it's it's always nice having a few people on stage um so i think as the world begins to open up and and touring is is not um is not so far off on the horizon i think we'll be getting a band together and getting a show together but you know i don't think it's going to be like the old shows and i don't think it'll be exactly like the hospice show either i think maybe somewhere in between yeah um you know i'm i'm definitely aiming to do a you know i i just because of stuff i've talked about about my my vocal issues and my hearing issues like i have to kind of tour a little bit differently i can't i can't really do like a blaringly loud show um and i don't think that suits these songs anyway so it's sort of like the rest of the catalog will kind of follow um follow suit with what the new the new music um demands yeah but i'd imagine that's kind of fun in some way right like kind of reshaping old stuff it is yeah it it helps it stay fresh yeah for you and for the audience i assume I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we uh, head off, I like to ask, uh, especially over this past very strange and kind of awful year for so many, um, is there any sort of music, film, or literature that you would recommend that you've kind of engaged with over this time? Um, or any any kind of media, anything? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm just thinking of of... Uh, an album that I was really loving at the end of last year uh, by Ciolina. Um I don't know if oh, you yeah, had I, a chance saw, to hear I, that one. I haven't heard it, but I did. I liked her last one, and I was excited to see she put something else out. Yeah, she she put out a record called Hang. Sorry, not Hanging a Basket, Weaving a Basket uh, <laughs> last year, and um, yeah, it's just gorgeous. Um, really like really beautifully written songs and um just like perfectly paced as well um we'll talk about like you know quiet music that still has power i mean that's if it's anything remotely like her her other album then i would assume that that falls under that category yeah i I would definitely say that it does and it's got it's got you know a a gracefulness to it and a a kind of um yeah an, an airy quality to it um but it, it also it, it it has despite being like airy and kind of in the cloud it also feels very substantial mm-hmm. um yeah so I, I i couldn't recommend that one enough i know i've i have i've been meaning to to listen to that one because i know it came out pretty late in the year and i think I, mm-hmm. I kind of it got lost in the shuffle for me but i i have been wanting to revisit that it actually have you are you familiar with um Sol Sepi. Sol Sepi. I'm not, no, I'm not familiar. She, um, it's the stage name of, what's her name? Sophie. I forget her last name because it's very long and very Greek. <laughs> <laughs> um, she used to play with like Sparkle Horse. She's a, she's a cellist. Um, oh, cool. But she put out a, an album in like 2006. That's amazing. Uh, called The Bells of One, Two. And then she kind of disappeared for a long time. And then last year she put out another album that's kind of similar to how I feel about Ciolina's work. It's very patient, deliberate, very piano and string, very kind mm-hmm. of, like you say, kind of well-paced. 
Um, but if, from your descriptions, it sounds like something um, that maybe you would like. And now that I'm thinking I would like this new Seolina record because I like Solsepi's work. Oh, awesome. I'll definitely check that out. It sounds right up my yeah. alley. <laughs> yeah, it's called, um, I, I think it's called I Am As You Are. I think that's what it's called. Gotcha. Yeah, very like heavenly and <laughs> pretty, <Perfect>. very pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Check that Seolina album out. Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for talking to me, Peter. It's been a real pleasure to have you. Um, oh, pleasure's all as, mine. It's really, this, this has been great. Well, especially as someone who's been listening, you know, to you guys, to you for years, it's always nice to kind of at least put a voice to the, <laughs> to the name since we're not, I'm not seeing you in person. Um, and these new songs are really lovely and I'm excited you guys are back and I can't wait for you guys to be out on the road. Oh, thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate that. Yeah. Really excited too as well. Glad you're yeah. into it. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you as well. It's great talking. Thanks. Have a good rest of your evening. Thanks. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.